This is the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, Episode 23, Gardening Jobs and Plants of Interest for February. Plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs. Hello and welcome to the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast with me, Richard Farrer. And me, Elizabeth Willis. This is the podcast to help you get the very best out of your garden with our regular features such as jobs to do in the garden and plants of note for this time of year. Coming up in this episode, we have our plant of the month for February, which is Prunus cross subhotella autumnalis, which is a winter cherry. We have jobs to do in the garden and the vegetable garden. Our plants of note for this month are Chion odoxa lucilii, or glory of the snow, and Hamamelis cross intermedia diane, which is a witch hazel. We also have forthcoming garden and flower shows. Now, regular listeners to the podcast might notice there's a different voice joining me today, a friend from the village here, Elizabeth. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you, Richard. It's really nice to be here, joining in. And we know why you're here, because Sue's away on holiday, (laughs) the usual co-host with me. Indeed, she is away. We're missing her. (laughs) We are, yeah. She's sunning herself in South Africa at the moment. And she did say she's going to try and get some interviews with us with people from Kirsten Bosch Gardens, which are the botanical gardens in Cape Town. I know she has visited there, so we'll see what she brings back. She sent us some lovely photos, didn't she, Richard? They did she... look beautiful, yes. yeah. A bit warmer than we're having. <laughs> We've had snow this afternoon, yeah. which I did promise Sue I'd send an email, so she's seen the snow. <laughs> and a flower rose in the front garden, rose a hot chocolate, it had two buds on it. I think they've both fallen off now, so it didn't flower. No, it tried very hard, but the frost got it in it the end. It did, it killed it <laughs> off. But February is a month of anticipation because spring is just around the corner. The nights might still be long and cold, but the days are beginning to lengthen, so you have a bit more time in the garden. Plus, many plants are quite floriferous in February and are also complemented by stems and bark of many shrubs. For example, the winter dogwoods, they have oh. a really vivid orange stem, which look really nice in winter. Absolutely beautiful. I was in Cambridge at the weekend in the in the city centre visiting my daughter. And in one of the parks next to where she lives, there was an amazingly beautiful dogwood hedge, which was just stood out. Absolutely. The colours. Amazing. Looks like it's on fire almost, yes. doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Cambridge is beautiful and the botanic gardens there are nice. Have you visited the winter gardens at Anglesey Abbey? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, the very first Christmas we moved to Cambridgeshire, we were taken by friends and nothing prepares you for the beauty of those gardens. Just wonderful. It does go to show what you can do in winter. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be bare and boring in the garden, does it? Not at all. Not at all. It almost makes the summer look boring with all its green, <laughs> green leaves, you know, whereas the uh, Anglesey at winter time is every colour you could imagine. I suppose that comes down to planning ahead, doesn't it? Having things which give you colour and interest throughout the year. That's something we will be talking about later in the podcast, planning the garden. And you have lived in the village now for a year yes we have and you've got a small sort of courtyard back garden but you've waited a year haven't you 
Absolutely. We came from Kent where we had a sort of traditional lawn garden and we had a little rose garden area and lots of lawns. But when we came to the village, we decided we needed to downsize on the amount of work we needed to do in the garden. And we have a lovely small courtyard garden, which is full of things, but we didn't know what. So we've now completed a full year and we've seen the whole season cycle through. We're really looking forward to next year because we know what plants are going to come up next year and when we know where the gaps are. And it's going to be really exciting adding to the garden. You also know where the sun falls for the different parts of the year, don't you, and oh, during the yes. day? Of course. And we didn't know we needed to know that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now having lived there and seen the effect of the sun moving round and the different plants, yes, we now know where's the best well, place. It's very important because some plants will not tolerate shade and you are mm. going to get some corners which will be permanently shady. Others are going to get a bit more sun. Some areas are going to be more sheltered than others. You're also on a slope. Yeah. There are lots of things to think about and the soil type. It might be a completely different soil type than you had at your previous property. Yes, I think we're clay here in Worcester, well, aren't we, Richard? My garden certainly is. I yes. don't know what yours is down there. <laughs> we seem to be clay, but somebody over the years has kindly put a lot of good black topsoil on it. So I think the many layers of different soils we're learning to understand. And certainly in the darker areas, it gets very damp. Where, yes, and, yeah. and that again affects what we can grow. Well, adding humus, compost and things will improve the soil structure and help it to drain. You can also add sand and grit. That will help things to drain. Things with wet feet, they don't like it quite often. Certain Mm. plants, certainly bulbs like daffodils, we've had problems with that with the clay. The bulbs get rotted in the winter because the water can't drain away and you lose half your crop of the daffodils. And I think that, again, is one of the things that's going to be really useful. Last year, I wanted to buy certain plants, but I didn't know where the best place was to put them in the garden. Whereas now I can be much more informed and know where's a likely suitable place. Well, jolly good. I look forward to seeing (laughs) progress during the summer with a gin and tonic in the back garden. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Many of them, we hope. (laughs) Well, we've got one additional item to mention. Our plant advice newsletter, which is an email newsletter system we've had for the past four or five years, we're actually deciding to shut that down. It seems to be taking a lot of effort for not a massive amount of reward, not that we do it for that, it's more of a hobby. But the podcast is where we're really going to focus our efforts. So anything that was in the newsletter will be in the podcast as well plus a lot more, like conversations between myself and Sue or Elizabeth or whoever joins us. Lovely. I think that would be good. We've certainly enjoyed the um, podcasts enormously since starting to listen to them. That's really nice of you to say, Elizabeth. And I bet you never thought you'd be behind the microphone. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> Your husband Gary's going to have a shock, isn't he? I think he is. When we sit on a Sunday morning listening to this, he'll be uh, oh, yeah, quite surprised. <laughs> Enjoy your cup of tea, Gary. <laughs> Now, our plant of the month for February is Prunus cross subtilla autumnalis, which is a winter cherry, sometimes called a rosebud cherry. It also has another name, which is Prunus autumnalis alba. Now, alba is Latin for white, and that's indication of what the flower colours are. The delicate flowers open from a deep pink bud starting in the autumn. It's a fully hardy deciduous tree, It prefers full sun and moist but well-drained, moderately fertile soil. 
If you wish, you can also cut off short lengths of branches and take them inside. They make a nice winter flower arrangement, beautiful flowers on them. The tree can grow up to 8 metres tall with an 8 metres spread, although it doesn't usually get to the full 8 metre tall. So it can be quite a smallish size tree for an average garden. Sounds like it might be one for us, actually. I was thinking about having a blossom tree, so I'm learning this with interest. I think this is a good one to consider. Bear in mind, it's got an average growth rate, so it can take 10 or 20 years to mature. So if you're going to plant one, Elizabeth, <laughs> you plan to be around for a little while in that house, otherwise you won't get the full benefit of it. Indeed. It does have a long flowering period, so that is a good point. It flowers from October to April, which is phenomenal length, particularly for a cherry. No other ornamental cherry manages to achieve this sort of flowering range. It has semi-double, about one centimetre across in small clusters, white flowers, as we said they come from a pink bud opening to white but with a pale sort of pink pasty colour it's a sort of tinged with it We're looking at a photo here on the screen it's beautiful isn't it it is absolutely beautiful it has a really deep pink centre doesn't it which was why i was surprised yeah. it was called an alba or alba was in the name yeah because, the white yeah looking at it now as you say delicate pink on the outside but beautiful red centre lovely the leaves they're about seven centimetres long they're oval sharply toothed at the edges they have bronze green foliage in the spring and orange and yellow autumn leaf colour so again lovely colour in the autumn it's longer lived than other japanese ornamental cherries so if you're thinking of retiring here elizabeth <laughs> should last you out indeed <laughs> it is a surface router so a good idea is to plant it in a square hole. Now, the idea of planting in a square hole is when the roots hit a corner, they'll be forced to go out. If you plant it in a circular hole, the roots will hit the edge and they sort of spiral round and round ah. in a big circle. So a cunning little trick Indeed. to try and help it to spread its roots out. Maintenance-wise, is a good tree. It's low maintenance, although it may get caterpillars or leaf mining moths and may be affected by silver leaf. Uh, bacterial canker or blossom wilt. As usual, we have links to this plant and notes about it on the show notes for this episode, which you can get at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 23. Now, if you put that in your garden, where would you put it, Elizabeth? Well, I would think in, in our garden, slightly up the top, top right. Well, Does that make sense to yeah, you? <laughs> water drains downhill. Yes. It likes to be well drained, so at the top of the garden it should yes. not get too soggy. And it will get full sun up there as well, certainly in the summer. Do we need full sun for the October to February time? It's going to need more full sun when it's growing, when the leaves need to photosynthesise. Right. Fine. So in that case, then, I think top right of the garden at the back. Will, it could look nice there. Yeah. And I think the great thing about this tree is the flowering oh. period. October to April. That's winter time to have these spectacular flowers throughout winter. Mm. Oh, and cherries, the blossoms are classic aren't they? Well they the are classic and they bring a smile to anybody's face in winter time when you see them in people's garden and having that amount of flowering, pure joy pure joy, I really think this is one on the shopping list. Definitely. Jolly good yes. if you get it I shall come down and admire it Lovely. We'll have to take you. photos and put it up on the website. Oh that would be super. On the Plant Advice website will I also get some tips on dealing with the caterpillars and the leaf mining moths and things I don't know that we've got any articles on that specific topic but if you have a look at the RHS website, they have some very good articles on common garden pests oh, and how to handle them. Fabulous. Thank you. I shall have a look. Jobs to do in the garden. Now, jobs to do in the garden for February. 
First, you can be planning the year ahead. The volume of work to do in a garden this month is quite minimal, really, when compared to March, April or May, where things really get going in the garden. So this can give you a bit of time to spend thinking about your gardening year ahead. So why not take this opportunity to walk around your garden with a notepad and have a look. Do you want to change the shape of any of your borders or beds? Think back to last season. How does your garden lack colour or structure at a particular time of year? And you know where the sun falls and plants you've got. So contemplate, plan, appraise, build a picture in your mind or on paper so you don't forget of how you want your garden to look in the year ahead. Time in reconnaissance is never wasted, as they say. <laughs> so you've spent a year doing that, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, I have. But, but I must admit, it is exciting to think about, you know, when I look out of the window now and I see the garden looking a bit muddy and, and not much going on, to actually think I know enough now that I can visualise what it will look like and be able to visualise what I can also add to it. So February yeah. is the calm before the storm, yes, isn't it? it we is. We start hitting to March and things are going to start exploding and happening in the garden and it becomes busy. Yes, and you, you almost sort of lose your chance then, don't you, to yeah. um, stick things in. So I'm going to be vigilant and, right. and plan So you're ahead. going to wander around with a piece of paper <laughs> and plan will. your garden. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Excellent. Yes. This time of year is also a good time to prune your fruit trees. Apple and pear trees need pruning during the winter months and it's not too late to be doing this in February. We do have an article which explains this in more detail on our website and you can get a link to that from the show notes for this page at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 23. Clematis pruning, it is also a good time to prune some clematis. The key to pruning these popular climbers is to know and remember when they flower. If your clematis flowers in mid to late summer, it probably flowers on the new wood and so is not too early to prune that type now. Cut back the growth from last year to about 40 centimetres above ground level, cutting back to a strong pair of buds, giving it a chance to shoot up and give a wonderful splay later on. Time also perhaps to sort out your compost heap. If you haven't done this already, winter's a good time to sort through your compost heap. Garden waste near the top of the heap probably won't have rotted enough yet, so remove this and get the good quality compost underneath which should be well rotted. Get it onto your flower beds and borders and dig it in, or you can use it as a mulch. Pots, hanging basket and window boxes... Continue to feed them fortnightly with a liquid feed and dead head regularly. Pots, hanging baskets and window boxes can still be full of flour at this time of year, so why not look after them and make the best of it? While there's still not too much to do in the garden, how about getting into that garden shed and giving it a tidy? I'm sure if it's anything like mine, it's going to be a bit of a mess. You've got a bit more time on your hands at this time of year, so clean up. And why not clean all your pots and equipment as well? If you use something like Jay's Fluid, it keeps the, all the bacteria and bugs down. So when you do start potting on and growing seeds and things, you're less likely to get pests and diseases. The vegetable plot is a good time to dig over now, providing the soil's not too wet or frozen, because you can damage the soil structure by trampling all over it in the wet. As you dig each trench, add well-rotted garden manure or compost from your compost heap, which you've just cleared out, and to help replace some of the nutrients which will have been used by last year's crops. 
if heavy snow falls, shake it off the branches and trees because a heavy weight of snow can snap some young branches. We had a light dusting of snow this afternoon, but not much, was it really? Uh, Not at all. It was very picturesque, great big lumps of soft, fluffy snow covered the land and was gone within the hour. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Yes. But we're quite south here in the UK. Further north, I think snow's probably going to get a lot harsher. And elsewhere in the world, I know America on the east coast, they've had quite a, a heavy snowfall. So I know people do listen to this podcast all around the world. If you're going to get heavy snowfall, look after your trees. Mm. This time of year, you can also get your lawnmower serviced and get the blade sharpened ready for the spring when the grass starts growing again. You can also look through seed catalogues and start deciding what you'd like to plant from seed when spring does arrive. Oh, isn't that just a joy as well? (laughs) It's like Christmas getting all the little seed packets in the post, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Trays on the windowsills and in greenhouses and all over. Let the fun commence. Indeed. And you can't really believe that from those tiny little seeds, those little first little green leaves, that you're actually going to get a beautiful show of flowers. It is amazing. Nature is is wonderful, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And finally, last job you can be doing is wisteria pruning. We did talk about this quite comprehensively in last month's episode, which is episode 22. And we do have more comprehensive notes on the website, which you can get at the show notes for this page. In the vegetable garden. In the vegetable garden, it is time to be sowing inside peas, aubergines, peppers, onions, cucumbers and cabbages. If you want to sow seeds outside, you can be sowing broad beans, onions and carrots. And planting out, you can be planting out lettuce, rhubarb, garlic and shallots. And harvest, you can still be harvesting leeks, kale, Brussels sprouts, one of my favourites, <laughs> and cabbages. <laughs> It's a love-hate thing, Brussels sprouts, isn't it? Well, it is. We have a a vegetable stall in the village, don't we, from some of the local growers. And at the moment, they have those wonderful Brussels sprout sticks, as I call them, with (laughs) with all the little healthy fat Brussels sprouts on them. Lovely. So where are you in the Brussels sprout debate? Oh, love them. Absolutely (laughs) love them. Didn't as a child. I think it's almost automatic as a child. I think that's because at school they Mm. boil them to death. So it's just a slush of green Mm. puree. Mm. Absolutely. They need to be sort of a little bit crunchy still. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And we sometimes put ours with chestnuts. If you cut up pieces of chestnuts, roasted chestnuts and a little bit of bacon and it's uh, quite nice. Yes, cooks them with bacon Mm. and a bit of garlic. Yeah, Yeah. just Adds a bit to them, doesn't it? Yeah. The unsung hero, the Brussels sprout. Indeed, indeed. Much maligned. (laughs) Plants of Note. Now, plants of note for February. The first plant we've got is Chionodoxa lucilii, which is a glory of the snow. This is a fully hardy, deciduous, bulbous perennial. It originates from West Turkey, and the Latin name is in honour of Lucille, the wife of the Swiss botanist Pierre-Edmond Wazier. There's also a cultivar, which is named after him, Was, which has the RHS Award of Garden Merit. This particular one doesn't. This is the main species, but that cultivar does. It's quite hardy. It has an RHS scale of H5, which means it can tolerate down to minus 10 to minus 15 degrees C, which is probably the worst we're ever going to get here in the south in the UK. It's hardy in most places throughout the UK and even in severe winters. 
Its growth rate is average, two to five years to achieve maturity. 15 centimetres tall, five centimetres spread, so it's quite a compact little plant. It likes full sun and any well-drained soil. The flowers are quite small, three centimetres wide, upward-facing star-shaped petals with a beautiful violet blue with white centres. They had come in clusters of about two or three on leafless stems from February to April. Very pretty, aren't they? Really, really pretty. And the name, Glory of the Snow, is lovely, isn't it? You can I imagine think that those. indicates when it starts growing and popping up. Yes. Well, we've had snow today. It comes <laughs> up in February, so it pops yeah. its little head up. Mm. And what a beautiful violet blue flower. Absolutely. Its leaves are sort of paired, slender strap-shaped leaves, very reminiscent of crocus and other small similar bulbs. They're ideal around the base of a deciduous shrub or tree in a rock garden oh, as well. Lovely. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I do like those. This is the problem I find with doing this podcast. Each <laughs> month we look at different plants and think, I really like that. Yes. I like that one too. <laughs> I just, where am I going to put all these things? This is You're so going to go back and put a pruner's cherry in your back garden. <laughs> indeed, and some of these and some yeah. cyclamens, I think. But it you're going to hate the... me for this, aren't you? <laughs> no. Wonderful. Well, they're lovely ideas. Lovely ideas, definitely. And the second plant of note for February is Hamamelis cross intermedia Diane, which is a witch hazel. This particular plant is sometimes called Hamamelis cross intermedia new red, which gives you a clue. It's got red flowers. It's fully hardy deciduous shrub. So it's got H5 scale for the new RHS scale, minus 10 down to minus 15 degrees C, hardy most places throughout the UK, even in severe winters. It has the RHS Award of Garden Merit, which is a good little sign to look for. Have you ever noticed that in garden centres, Elizabeth? I have. And again, just starting to now understand the significance of them, that it's... uh... It means the RHS has spent a lot of time testing different cultivars to find ones which are reliable and perform well in a variety of different soils and different conditions. So if you get it, it's a good chance it's going to do well in your garden and not be too difficult. Oh, marvellous, isn't it? It just gives you that confidence when you're standing there with rows and rows of beautiful plants <laughs> what do I thinking, choose? can I do it, can't I do it? Yeah, but yes. I, it is an excellent scheme by the mm. RHS. This is quite a slow-growing shrub. It takes 10 to 20 years to get to maturity. It can grow up to 4 metres tall to 4 metres spread, but it has an open, bushy habit. It likes full sun or partial shade, so you could find a spot in your garden there, Elizabeth. I think so. (laughs) Soil, moderately fertile, moist but well-drained, neutral to acidic soil. And the flowers, they have clusters of fragrant flowers, and I think this is probably one of its features in the winter garden, is the fragrance you get. They're orange to red flowers and they flower on the bare branches so you really do notice them standing out each flower has four narrow petals and it flowers from january to february aren't they just so pretty and so quirky with those lovely twisted yeah um, yeah Mm. and again you can cut these and bring them inside which they look quite nice but the additional benefit you get the fragrance inside then wonderful absolutely quite a stunning fragrance Mm. again they have these at the winter gardens in anglesey abbey which if you live in the uk particularly in cambridgeshire is well worth a visit yes Yes. which we have talked about in a previous episode Mm. these witch hazels there's lots of lovely varieties as well there are different colors colors and but certainly this red is very 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 stunning it's lovely yes The leaves, they are bright green, oval-shaped leaves, and again, turning red, orange and yellow in autumn. So you've got some autumn colour and some winter colour. 
Maintenance-wise, it's generally pest-free, an early spring mulch with well-rotted garden compost, or manure if you've got some, and prone any diseased or crossing branches. And again, we've got links to these plants for more information and links to buy them online if you wish, if you're here in the UK, at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 23. garden shows are beginning to happen not much in february there's only one from the 20th to 21st of february which is the rhs london plant and potato fair (laughs) (laughs) a fair specifically to the humble potato wonderful well there's a chance to buy colorful spring plants and learn about one of the uk's favorite vegetables how amazing to have a show specifically for potato i know (laughs) but they are a a vegetable that's so important in within the uk isn't it the uk diet almost every meal i think absolutely has potatoes Mm. we're getting more adventurous with rice and pasta and things but it is a traditional british vegetable ever since walter raleigh brought it back in elizabethan times didn't he he did but we have learned over the years to cook it many different ways uh, which i think is why we love it so much it's such a versatile my son james loves potatoes in any shape or form (laughs) well i have chipped roasted boiled sauteed you name it (laughs) indeed indeed they are wonderful so uh, it's a good show if you live near london a good place to visit and start getting wound up ready for the garden season next month i'm sure there'll be a lot more shows and then may we're heading to chelsea flower show and you're going to join us this year elizabeth you're going to join us hopefully to the RH's Hampton Court Flower Show. I am very excited about that, Richard. Yes, certainly a wonderful opportunity. I've been on the website looking at the RHS <laughs> advert about it, but just wonderful opportunity to see. They have show gardens and... and show gardens, amazing, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it is the biggest flower show in the world. I think it's 33 <sighs> acres massive. Oh, you that's... Don't wear your high-heeled <laughs> shoes. Oh, okay. You need a good <laughs> pair of sensible shoes. <laughs> yes, but just sensational. Yes, really looking forward to that, definitely. And to get some good ideas. I think seeing the show gardens, I'm hoping to seek to get inspiration there again oh, for will. my own. You, and you'll see mm. lots of different plants as well. Mm. And the problem is... <laughs> You're going to be wanting to get a bigger garden. Oh dear, oh dear, no, no, I'll just learn to garden efficiently. (laughs) (laughs) But you do, you get a lot of inspiration Mm. from these places Mm. and the growers there, all the nurseries. You've got a wealth of information and knowledge. You can pick their brains and they know their particular plants inside out. I think that was something that certainly surprised me when I went last year with your good selves to the Mulvern show and it was wonderful listening to the growers who had just, say, one variety of plant. I can't remember which particular ones they were, but just the deep knowledge, the wide knowledge that they have specifically about Agapanthus, that was it, the oh, African lily we were talking fine. about. Fine, yes, it was. And Wasn't they were that? saying they like to be constrained in their pots yeah. to perform better. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Well, how would you know that? You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So, yes, I think these garden and flower shows are, are much more than just the visual wow of it all it's um they are an, an absolute wealth of knowledge to be tapped into i love them really look forward mm. to it mm. so am i wonderful yes hopefully we'll get uh, good weather but if not <laughs> we're just uh... i have been caught in a few shower storms that haven't been caught in the past yes. but never too bad there's always the big marquees you can shelter in so. yes exactly and those again are amazing aren't they with all the gardening equipment and different food types uh, plant foods and yeah i think there's going to be it's be a very full day indeed
Looking forward to it. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. You can get the show notes and links for this episode at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 23. You can follow us online at plantadvice on Twitter or like us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash plantadvice. So it just remains to say thank you ever so much for joining me today, Elizabeth. Oh, Richard, thank you very much for asking me. I've enjoyed it enormously and learnt lots along the way. I'm totally off, could. And I'm I can't to order wait a... to see what Gary's face will look like when he hears you. Indeed. And I'm off to order a prunus, I think. <laughs> yes, that looks lovely, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you're going to need to dig quite a large hole to fit one of those in, I think, if you get quite an established tree. Yes, I think you're right. Yes, I, I'll be looking for uh, volunteers, so watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll supervise. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful <laughs> anyway that's all for this episode thanks ever so much for listening and I hope you'll listen again next month until then it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me this podcast was brought to you by plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs <laughs>